Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by WagerLab, a show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, the professor. I've built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes, affectionately known as sideline. Hear more about the models over the course of this episode. Set to cover the seven best college basketball games on Sunday, March 19th, 2023. We're covering all but one game here of the second round Sunday games of the tournament. In case you're new here, Make sure you hit up that webpage. It's usually on the banner. It's not today. www.pigstheprofessor.com slash new. Give you some explanations of how things work around here. See the Google Sheet link in the show description for Sidelines Projection on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks in the best games for the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports or packages of price ranges based on your needs. There are, I don't know, six NIT games and four CBI games on Sunday. We've got three A-plus grade plays of the day on those that I absolutely love that I've already given out to the people on Patreon. Also got a couple other A-grade plays in those games. So we can sign up on Blackbook or Patreon. All those links are in the show description if you want some more great picks. Sometimes the best picks don't get put on the show because we can't cover every single game. I want to cover the games that are more interesting to watch. So sometimes the best picks get stuck over there. So you can check us out on Patreon or Blackbook if you're not already. Remember the sports are predictable, so the discussion of the show projects a typical game, doesn't try to forecast it to a tease. That would be a foolish and a possible goal. We'll take a long-term view around here, not get distracted with a team either can't hit or can't miss from threes. Those things bounce out in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand the good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're recording this here on Saturday morning. So, uh, you know, People will be watching the Saturday show knowing what happened on Friday. And now we're just talking about it now. So we're talking about it here before the Sunday show. But uh, uh, obviously Purdue. Yeah, UC- UConn came back. Yeah, that was huge. UConn came back. That's what Yeah, that was the only one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well played. Uh, I mean, the Purdue thing, I don't know. I don't even want to. There's nothing to talk about, really. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, hey, that's, that's basketball. That's, that's why you basketball. love this time of year. Yeah. Uh, the things that I want to talk about actually aren't pretty. I mean, that's obviously fascinating, but like everybody in the world's talking about that. We don't need, we don't need to talk more about that. You've heard, you've heard enough about it. You know, the, the three games that I want to talk about when we talk about good and bad variants, it feels like we've had a couple of these days. I remember we had one in conference tournaments where I think we lost like four games that day. One of them had like a double digit lead with seven minutes to go. And then the other three were all one point losses. That's how Friday felt. Not even talking about Purdue, how did Kennesaw State blow that game? How did Arizona State blow that game? How did Drake blow that game? Three games that were on the money line, all at plus odds, a couple of big plus odds. We should have won all three of them. And that's that's basketball. Like you said, that's good to bad variance. All three of those, the teams were up pretty reasonable in the second half, late in the second half. And then just were like, scoring? Who needs to score? And, and blow it. And, uh, you know, that's 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 basketball. And that's, it's good and bad variants. We're going to get good luck on some of the games. But Friday felt like it could have been an amazing day with some massive plus odds winners. And those three, I mean, I feel a little brokenhearted. Those three teams are, are – it's a good thing they lost because I'd just be betting against them the rest of the season otherwise because they, they, <laughs> they straight pissed me off. I don't know about you, Jake. Yeah. No, that was frustrating. I mean, Gonzaga up 22, laying 15. Like, yeah, that's fine. I nope. yeah, I didn't, couldn't win by twelve. Uh, did, I didn't even talk about that one. 
yeah. yeah. And then, but we did get the good one with like FAU lay, with the layup at the. I don't know how they got that layup, but the, they got a beautiful layup there on an inbounds play. So and and, a, and of course, I obviously have to acknowledge a questionable call before that with the triple. It's it's tough on that one. I I think my stance on that is both. I, I do think it was a a missed. It should have been the timeout, but in real time, the the delta between he has possession, he calls timeout. And then the jump ball happens is like under one second. And so that's my thought on that. It's like, I do, I do think technically, technically, yes, that should have been timeout Memphis in their ball, but also like that happened really fast. Like that is not nearly as bad to me as it didn't affect the outcome of the game, but in the, uh, uh, I believe it was the FDU game. Was that the one where they gave the ball back to Purdue on the, on the last part? Or was that, I don't know. I kill all the games. There was one where the guy. Yeah. On both arms and then drops the ball out of bounds. And they're like, yes. For new ball because he dropped it. Yeah, and it's like it's like technically, absolutely, it was that was off the FDU guy, but it's also like two different guys hacked two different arms. That's why do you think he dropped it? You know, and so it's it like to me that was worse, but thankfully it didn't affect the game. But you know, so again, yeah, FYU we got we got a little lucky there, but also it's like again that's a tough call. It happens so fast, yeah. like in real time. Like I, I I can't really blame them. I've seen much worse calls. We've seen much worse officiating. So people get all up in arms about that. I'm like, that was like the. 512th worst call I've seen in the last month. Like I've seen so much worse than that one. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We did. Uh, it was definitely get, felt fortunate to an FAU. But it's like I think we got way more bad luck. Than good luck with yeah. Yeah. But again, that stuff it does balance out in the long run. Like I say, I, we don't get distracted by that. We just continue to trust the process. Uh, Jake, these Sunday games, I love this slate. I love these picks. I love the picks that we didn't get to put on show on Patreon. Go check those out, people. I love the picks on show. I love everything about Sunday. I don't know what that means, uh, but I, I feel really good about. Uh, this slate, it, it, we've been doing really well with these money line picks over the last few weeks here, and uh, I just I think yeah. I think Sundays is just perfect, great prices, great angles. I just I love everything about this Sunday slate. Yes, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's going to be great, and I don't have to worry about anything on Sunday from a rooting standpoint. Other than right, because yes, because this is Saturday. So by the time by the time Sunday games happen, yes, Duke and Tennessee that games already happened. So we'll, you already know, but you, we don't we don't know yet, of course, how that's going to play out. But uh, of course, by the time we get to Sunday, this will be it'll be past your mind. Uh, all right, well, before we get to these Sunday games, here some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Get mentioned the Patreon. Check it out if you haven't yet. So many great benefits we found out there. Above and beyond, we do here. We got plays of the day. We got that Discord chat again. So much fun here, especially this time of year. People over there talking about golf picks and basketball picks and hockey picks. So I mean, if you're looking for some input for some other sports betters, if you're looking for input from me, uh, from cousin Jared or from Jake, Discord is the place to go. We sometimes are able to respond to these comments here on YouTube. Sometimes there are just so many of them that we, we just we, we miss them. We can't see them all, so we don't aren't able to. But the Discord, we, we're always involved in that. So again, check us out over there at patreon.com slash pitch the professor. But even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. And if you haven't yet, again, join us on Wager Lab. It's a free mobile app that lets you make fake sports bets either with friends. Uh, or against the house, no money's exchanged. It makes it completely free and legal. Uh, but we got that free pool. You can still join. There's no penalty if you haven't joined yet. Uh, you know, you, you start with 500, uh, you know, fake dollars points, and if you end up at the top three by the time the tournament half ends, you get a prize. Uh, Fifty dollars first place Amazon gift card. So uh, it's free. You might as well go in there. You got bragging rights on the line, of course, but also again, money on the line. That's free to enter. That you can win. So no reason not to. Again, link in the description there sign up with us on uh wager lab it's uh, uh there's a couple of people who've, who've, who've jumped out 
pretty pretty yeah. good. So uh, whoever those people are, kudos to you. But again, you can still hop in with your 500 free points. There's still a ton of games left. You can still do some damage and get up there uh, and, and place and get some free money. So, so no reason not to. Reminder, all total picks are traditional one-unit bets. All Moneyline plays are returned three units. and is risk plus win equals three. So when we take a dog, it's risk a half unit, risk one unit, risk 1.2 units, something like that, a favorite. Maybe risk 1.7 units, two units, 2.2, depending on how big of a favorite it is. We're going to risk more on the favorites and the dogs. That's why I've scaled it out. You can see how that plays out in the Google Sheet. Uh, you can do whatever you want. That's just a general recommendation. I found it works pretty well. I like having more on my Moneyline on my side picks, my total picks, because we have a little more confidence on those. So this is just what I found works for me, but always – uh, you know, do whatever works for you. Uh, take what you like here and leave the rest same in that same vein. Uh, Jake and I have collaborated on these picks. We've discussed them. Uh, I think we're on the same page on most all of these uh, anyways. So I, pretty, I don't know, maybe it's scary, but a pretty pretty straightforward board to read, I think. Uh, starting off here in the afternoon, 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, Pittsburgh and Xavier. Xavier should be favored. They're the better team. But these odds, I mean, make Pittsburgh a, a really good investment here. Um, a plus 180. This is an A-grade play. We talked about Pittsburgh and liking them against Iowa State. We love the fact that they had already played a game. They're a shooting team. They kind of figured out some of that how to shoot. They got um, off to an incredible start. Iowa State, I mean, they, their defense played – Pittsburgh's defense played well or Iowa State's offense played bad? Maybe a little bit of both. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Xavier obviously has a much better offense than Iowa State does. But defensively, they're not as good as Iowa State. So, I mean, that should help out Pittsburgh a little bit. Uh, I'm not convinced Xavier is that much better than Pittsburgh. They are a little bit, but again, not by that much. Model says it should be Xavier minus 2.3 that Xavier wins this 56% of the time. And the correct money line price should be Xavier minus 130. So anything better than plus 156 gets an A grade according to the model. Again, if we can win this 44% of the time, plus 180 is just tremendous value. You can take the five points if you want. That would also be an A grade. Taking five, taking four and a half, or even four would be an A grade with regards to the points. The points just at this time of year just get so complicated with what works and in-game stuff. I just I like the money line. We're not going to win them all. Arizona State's a great example of that. Where we're not going to get them all. But, um, you know, with the points, it's just you end up with just too many coin tossy end-of-game nonsense stuff where uh, the money lines, you have, you have those, but you have fewer of them. So I'm just going to stick with the plus odds here. I think Pittsburgh's got a shot to pull this off. Again, I'm not thinking that Pittsburgh is more likely to win I just think they're much more likely to win than the odds imply, making this a really good value pick here at plus 180. Total is 151 and a half. Model says 154 and a half. As of late, Pittsburgh's really been going over that offense has been great. Xavier has been playing better defense as of late, which again, I think actually plays into Pittsburgh's hand because that better defense is more of a style that they just saw with Iowa State. Um, so I, I think the total's probably pretty accurate. I think over, this might, not, not many overs here in the first two days of tournament, but that's typically more about the first couple days getting those neutral sites. I do think we're going to see a little bit more overs on Saturday and Sunday, maybe not half, but, but around half. And I think if I was going to play an over, this would be one. Uh, not my favorite pick on the game, but if I was going to lean one way or the other, I would be going over. I think we can get more into the, I think we can get into the 150s uh, for this one. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> we're going to ride, ride the horse that brought us, right? Keep going with Pittsburgh, two in a row. Let's keep, keep the plus odds. They are playing some of their best basketball right now. I mean, they, they're making the right plays, doing the right things. Their defense has really stepped up. Their offense is playing well. Uh, and they've gone against two of the best defenses out there in their first two games. So it should be a wild difference here to see what they do here. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of time to shift your game plan around in this one-day break. So I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what these teams are going to do. I, I think I think this game – leans towards Pittsburgh and 
in most ways. I, I think Xavier's defense is playing better, but it's not quite there yet. They're they're still a little beat up with Fremantle out. Um, so and I think that helps uh, helps Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's down a couple big guys, so that that helps them uh, not have to worry about continuing with two really good ones. And Nunji is more of a like move around, not not so much a back to the bucket kind of guy. So I think that plays into Pittsburgh's hands. You've got some very good guards on Pittsburgh that can just go toe to toe with everything Xavier has. Uh, Xavier did not look impressive against. I know they it was Kennesaw State first round game, all that kind of stuff happens, but they just did not impress me. That, like you said, in the opening Kennesaw State blew that game. Not Xavier didn't come back and win that because it was what there was like a thirteen or eighteen over yeah. run or something they had to run on. I mean, they were they were up they were up thirteen. Late in the second half, I mean. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just unfortunate for Kennesaw State, but I, I just, I'm not impressed with Xavier. Uh, I think Capel is coaching out of his mind right now. I think all, all the little advantages seem to go to Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's way, and I'm going to keep taking the plus odds. Yeah, it, both teams are down three guys, but the three guys that Xavier's down are a lot better than the three guys that Pittsburgh's down. The three guys that Pittsburgh are down, not going to affect them that much. Like I said, it's a little bit more about the size and, and the, the the ability of what they could do. But just based off if you rank the players, the guys that Xavier's loot have lost, has lost has hurt a lot more. Because otherwise, if fully healthy, the Xavier team's a lot better than Pittsburgh. But that's not where we are right now. They're not fully healthy. You got to look at the way they're playing, of course, right now. And Pittsburgh's, like I said, been... Bennett team that's running is Xavier's just been kind of all over the map. And you, you saw that with Kennesaw State. You know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Xavier. They did well on that comeback, right? But that game kind of just shows you how they've been most of the season, where it's been they've at times they've looked pretty good, at times look pretty terrible. And the way Pittsburgh has been shooting the ball, um, you know, I don't expect them to have that long drought that Kennesaw State did without scoring. I think Pittsburgh will be able to to prevent that from happening. Got a great shot to pull this off. Again, not quite to a coin toss, but pretty close. Plus 180 offers fantastic value. 240 p.m. Eastern, Kentucky at Kansas State. Got to grab the plus odds here with the Wildcats of Kansas State as opposed to the Wildcats of Kentucky. So we got two K schools with Wildcats. Um, similar colors too, the purple, the blues, you know, kind of close. Interesting uh, <laughs> matchup here, of course. I, I think Kansas State is as good as this Kentucky team. I think they're both pretty solid teams. Kentucky's been playing really well you know, as of late, but, uh, you know, I, I think that what I saw from Kansas state against Montana state really impressed me. I, I thought that Montana state could hang around. I thought that they could at least make it a little more competitive and Montana state was never really in that game. And it was just a good job from Kansas state. They've been mostly pretty good here. The back part of the season, they kind of went on that little streak where they struggled a little bit more in the middle early middle ish part of conference, but I guess is what it was. But they've been pretty good as of late. Again, and Kentucky has two, but we just talk about Kentucky's all over the map. I wasn't that impressed with Kentucky against Providence. Uh, Providence has been a team that's really struggled as of late. I think everyone kind of on that game, I think our, our take in Kentucky Providence was just, who the heck knows what you're getting from both teams? Let's take plus odds. And I kind of feel like that's about how it played out, was who the heck knows what you're going to get. I kind of watched it, and I just, both teams are just kind of, nah. I mean, I feel like they both had a lot of missed opportunities. Kentucky, with the way Providence played, I feel like Kentucky should have won by more. Um, but Kentucky let Providence hang around in a game that Providence, I don't think had any business hanging around in the way they played. They looked terrible. Providence looked terrible. So, I mean, you know, 
I, Kentucky's just been kind of all over the map. I just I like this Kansas State team in general. The Big Twelve, I think, had a bunch of tough draws. And we talked about that with I. I thought TC. I picked Arizona State. I thought uh, you know with those plus odds, I thought TCU was going to lose. They could have Iowa State. You know, we picked against them with Pittsburgh. You know, tough draws for some of these Big Twelve teams. We're going to talk about Baylor later on, uh, but this is one I think that they can get through here. Kansas State. I, I, I like this team. Model says coin toss. Model says they win 49% of the time. So plus 115 is a B-grade pick. Model wants plus 125 for an A-grade. Uh, but I just think there's some pretty good value here on taking plus odds. I would not take the plus two points. It might be a close game, but I just think plus odds here is good long-term strategy. Total is 145.5. Model says 141.5. Both these teams have been pretty spot on with their totals as of late, so I do think under would be a strong way to look with regards to what the model's projecting Kansas State has been an interesting team, though. They've at times gone really fast. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to speed Kentucky up, but at times Kansas State's really decided they don't want their opponent to have a lot of possessions, and if that's the game Kansas State wants to play, this game's going to be a hard under game. So a couple of different interesting angles there from the total to dive into with regards to how these teams play, but Kentucky kind of wants to play this a little bit more under, and Kansas State, I don't really know. So given that I'm not really sure how they want to play it, I might lean under. Model says under. It's not a strong play, but it's kind of the direction my brain would be heading. Unless Kansas State decides they really want to speed up Kentucky, which you never know if that's what they're going to try to do. Kansas State's got a good coach, and they do kind of game plan a little bit each game individually, and that's, I think, what gives them a little bit of an advantage beyond the numbers because he's done a fantastic job in trying to find their opponent's weaknesses. So um, either way, though, I think that gives Kansas State the edge. Do you think we'll get this job done? Again, Model says coin toss. I like Kansas State here. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look. With Kentucky and Providence, you you had to know it wasn't going Providence's way when they they had a free throw get stuck on the square of the back of the rim. Like, like that's you're just not going to win the games when that's happening. I, have uh, you ever seen that before? No, I no, I, I like we I've tried to do it before because I thought hey that's be kind of fun. Can't I couldn't do it. It seems impossible for those of you who are not aware of this and didn't see this. It, I, you have to kind of see it with your own eyes to believe it. Cause otherwise you're going to hear me say this. You're going to be like, there's no way this dude's like shoots a free throw, like spins around, bounces around and, and it lands on the rim on the back part of the room where the rim connects back. And it just sits there and it just sits there. It's like, how, how I don't even, it's like flipping a coin and it landing on its side. It's like, that's just not possible. That's just a movie stunt. You can't actually do it. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's a good point. Once it happened, it was like, this just ain't going to happen. You know? <laughs> Like you just, you just don't have it in you. And Providence has been struggling. Uh, Kentucky couldn't put them away. I mean, Kentucky is not – I think Tang is going to speed this game up because they do not do well in that scenario. I mean, if you look at, like, yeah. Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt losses, the, those – Vanderbilt got them about moving around, moving and keeping the offense really going. Arkansas did the same thing. Georgia did the same thing. Bama took, took, actually took them out behind the woodshed by doing that. Like, that's – that that's the game plan, and I think it bodes well, and it, I think that benefits Noel a lot better, a uh, lot more than it would have. I know, like with him and Keontae Johnson, getting those guys moving around and trying to chase those guys all over the floor is really going to put this Kentucky defense in a bind. And they Kentucky's not playing great defense right now. Their offense has stepped up, but their defense has really kind of fallen off here recently. And chasing those two guys around is going to be bad. It's like Kansas State, great free throw shooting team. They get to the line a lot, and where they're weak is uh, turnovers. Kentucky's defense does not force a lot of turnovers, so they're not, they're not going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, the rebounding, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I'm sure everybody's been trying to stop Shigway for, I don't know, five years now, it feels like, and nobody can stop him. He had 20 rebounds against 
Providence. It's not like he's an unknown guy. Uh, so I think you just let him have his and just stop everybody else from grabbing that board because, I mean, maybe he's on the wrong side of the floor that time. Uh, but I'm not going to waste extra energy trying to chase him out of there. He's scoring by twos. I, I think, and if I can see that, I think Tanks will see that. I think Tanks will get that ball running and it's going to move. And I think that's where we get. I can't believe we're getting plus odds on Kansas State. I was kind of shocked at that. That's a. I think we're the Kentucky tax there is is helping us out. Yeah, I think you're right. I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting this to be like a minus 120 Kentucky even money for Kansas State. And I was probably and I was going to say even money. That's it's probably worth it. It's not my favorite play, but it's probably worth it. But the plus 115 like you said, is just really good value here. And uh, and I think like you said, you pointed out, I, I do think there's a decent chance. That, I'm really torn on what the game plan is for Kansas State. They've done really well with opponents when they've limited their possessions. But I think you're absolutely right. Like we talked about, they might really try to speed up Kentucky. And so if they go that direction, I'm a little bit less con- less liking the end. That's why I said I kind of lean that direction, but. I'm, I'm not in love with it because I know that in the back of my mind, I'm like, Tang could totally say, we're going to get this going as fast as possible and really try to make Kentucky uncomfortable. So that would make the under, it's not that the under would miss if that happens because Kansas State still got a really good defense and Kentucky still is going to try to slow it down and 145 and a half is a lot of points, but uh, it makes the over much more feasible. If Tang does not speed it up, then, uh, you know, the unders for sure, you know, a, a great investment. So it kind of, maybe it's also a live betting thing, kind of see how the first, maybe, Maybe not four, maybe eight minutes plays out and see kind of what Kansas State's strategy. Don't look at the score. Just look at the strategy and the, and the tempo of the game. But uh, I think it's going to be, you know, Kansas State's got a couple of different ways they can attack Kentucky. And I think they're comfortable doing a lot of different things. It makes Kansas State's a little bit of a, uh, to quote Ted from How I Met Your Mother, a little a bit of a, a chimaleon, if you, if you know what I mean, right? If you've seen that old show. Mm-hmm. Um and, and they can do a lot of things, which makes them really dangerous. They're not good enough, I think, you know, to win the national championship, right? They're not quite at that level, but they're good enough to beat a team like Kentucky that just isn't quite what, you know, the name on the front of the jersey says, which I think is, like you said, why we're getting such good value here on the purple Wildcats over the blue Wildcats. Uh, 5.15 Eastern, Michigan State and Marquette. I'm going to play Marquette here at minus 145. Model says this price is pretty spot on. Model says Marquette wins 47% of the time that the correct price should be minus 133. So uh, that's a, a non-juiced price. So the model says, puts the price right in between the two numbers right now because you'd be looking at about plus 120, plus 125 on Michigan State. So the model pegs it right in between. The model loves Michigan State. I, I, the model's got Michigan State as the 20th best team. I don't think that's accurate. Uh, Michigan State's solid. Uh, don't get me wrong, and, and they're, they're well coached. Uh, they're they're playing a quasi home game, and I'm giving them an extra point of home court advantage. Not quite as strong as the USC one, but I think my thought on this one is: I, look, I just like to I, I love fading teams that people are too high on, and I love backing teams that people are too low on. That's where we get value. And I think you know that Michigan State USC game here on Friday was it was the first game of the day. Most people watched that, and. You know, Michigan State played really well. USC didn't. I think that was a lot about the spot. That was the game that Jake and I didn't talk about when we covered it because we didn't know which way to play it because we were kind of thinking, yeah, well, we like USC better, but the spot, it's 9 a.m. body clock. It's like a half home game for Michigan State, but we just couldn't pull the trigger on, on Sparty, even though the spot was there for him. And I think when it was kind of one of those, I could see either thing happening, and I, and I don't really know enough. And I, so I just we just sat it out and watching it out, it was – Watch it. It just, it just, it seemed like the spot was just too big. You know, USC a little banged up as well. I think that said more about USC than Michigan State. So I think Michigan State's getting a little bit too much respect here. I think the model respects them a little bit too much. It's not a perfect model. Uh, I, I think Marquette's a better team. I think they get it done. I don't love this price, but I still think Marquette's the right side here. As long as you're laying a number that's that's m- minus one fifty or better, I think it's probably a reasonable investment. You can also lay the points if you want. Right now, I'm seeing minus three. Model says 
two and a half. So I don't want to lay, I definitely don't want to lay more than three if, if you're playing points, but I just can't get over the fact that I just don't think Michigan State's as good as Marquette. I, I think Marquette wins. Uh, Model has Marquette ranked seventh in the country. They're a really good team. Uh, my, my only fear with Marquette is if you follow Ken Palm on Twitter, he had pointed out entering the tournament that uh, there have been, I don't know, 40-ish or whatever teams entering the tournament as a one or a two seed that were not preseason top 25. The reason that matters, and I always talk, you always hear me talk about this if you're new here, you probably haven't heard me say this recently, but our priors matter. And the polls are not perfect, especially as the season moves on. The polls, they do weird things with them. But the preseason poll actually is more predictive than you think because we kind of know who's talented and who's not. And that generally on average tends to be fairly predictive in the long run. Not in every team. It's not perfect, but it's not a bad measure. And I think what he was pointing out was the preseason polls done pretty well because those teams that have been one or two seeds that were unranked in the, in the preseason poll had an average of like 1.6 wins. Not a single one's ever made the final four. Obviously that'll change at some point. It might be the Marquette team. They are really good, but the other team was Purdue. That was in that boat that was unranked in the preseason. And it's so it's one of those things where it's like, it's got me a little in the back of my mind a little bit. I'm scaling back my wage a little bit here on Marquette, just a little bit like, you know, they were unranked and that, you know, it's not so much that the trend is predictive as much as there's a reason the trend exists. And that trend is when, when you don't have a lot of talent coming in, it's hard to just generate that talent. And Shaka Smart's done a good job there. And I think this is a really good team, but I'm just leery about Whatever the heck happened to Purdue happening to Marquette, maybe that's it. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, we've got Marquette. I like Marquette. I think it's the, the smart play. I think it's the right play. It's not going to be my heaviest investment of the day, I guess, is, is all I'll say. Total this one is 141. Models is 139. Michigan's been flying over. Their offense has been looking really good as of late. They've been scoring a ton of points. Marquette's defense is playing. Their offense is great, obviously, and they play at a pretty – uh, they, they get some quick points off the turnovers, but their defense has been playing really well. Lately. They've been going under as of late. So uh, two teams going different directions of the totals. Model would lean under. Uh, I have no idea on the total. I'm just going to focus on Marquette here. Again, minus 150 or better, I think it's pretty smart. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, I love Marquette. I've been saying it all year. I've been backing them for a while. I thought they were very much underrated coming into the year. But because Shock is a great coach, and I thought there's a lot of talent on the team. But this this price makes you wonder because especially Michigan State and Izzo he figures it out every time in the tournament he's just a he's a great tournament coach does very well gets a lot out of a little and they've got some of the recipe to knock Marquette off they can shoot the three ball they don't turn the ball over that much they play slow so if if they start getting the game like you can very easily have them control the pace for a bit and that could really throw Marquette off them like if they're not disciplined enough to not force it and make dumb decisions but at the same time after saying that I re- like I really love this Marquette team I think they're extremely well coached they're very talented and I don't there's a big 10 play has done some of these big 10 teams no favors uh, and they're used to a more physical game that's a lot slower and like work the ball around and I think this counter that Marquette has where they will push the pace a bit, force some turnovers, make a couple of mistakes, and really punish you for making those mistakes because they just they absolutely have this incredible ability to just be streaky and just go on runs. Like they are a better version of what St. John's, St. John's does. Uh, and it's been fun to watch. I mean, I thought Vermont was a – like I loved Marquette in that game, but I thought Vermont was a rough draw because – they kind of did this. They, I do what I would think Michigan State would do: like slow it down, don't turn the ball over, work it around, hit a, hit a couple threes. Good, good three point shooting. Marquette really, 
just Marquette handled it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one by 17, and the game really wasn't that close ever. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I think we're going to see a very similar game. And we, we were on a lot of dogs here on Friday, and n- not a lot of them panned out. And like I said, obviously between the, the Kennesaw and the, and the Drake and um, you know, Arizona State, I think we had three that really – it's not just that, you know, coin toss that we should have won those, right? Those, but, but we had some other dogs that didn't pan out. And that was, Vermont was one of them. I, I thought Vermont had a chance to hang in there, keep it interesting. I thought the plus odds made a lot of sense or grabbing the points made a lot of sense with Vermont. And you're right. I mean, Mark, I, as, I both liked Marquette and I liked Vermont both, but I just thought, hey, Vermont's like getting disrespected. They're a better team than this. And like you said, Marquette just just destroyed them. I mean, just did not play with their food at all. Just took care of us. I was, I was really impressed with, with Marquette, the way they handled that. What, what's a pretty decent Vermont team. I mean, they're yeah. Vermont's better than – you know, probably 10 different teams in the tournament, you know, easily, maybe, maybe 12. I mean, they're, they're, they're a decent team and that wasn't even close. So the fact that, that Marquette handled that style bodes well for this. Like you said, the Michigan State, obviously better than Vermont, playing real offensively, but uh, Marquette just overall, just a really good team. Uh, and so again, not my strongest play because I'm just in the back of my mind, I'm a little bit nervous of how deep they can really go. But uh, I, I think they're, they're the much better team here. So minus 145 is a decent investment. 16 p.m. Eastern St. Mary's and UConn. I'm going to grab the favor here. UConn minus 164. If y'all watch the bracket special, you'll know I love this UConn team. They're they're amazingly good. Models got them up to second best right now. Now they're second best because Houston's you know got some injuries. Otherwise they'd be they'd be third best. But this UConn team is really good. There's no way they're a four seed with regards to their talent. There might be a four seed because their resume, but we always talk resume and talent aren't necessarily the same thing. UConn did whatever the heck they did in the middle of the season, which I will still never understand and never make sense to me. But they're a much better team than that. You've seen it as of late. Uh, you saw them in that second half take care of it. I own a team that you know Rick Pitino threw everything he had against that UConn team and in the end UConn was just way too good St. Mary's is a really good team I like the St. Mary's team I would love for to advance them further in this tournament but they're just going up against a buzzsaw in UConn uh two great defenses uh, Jake and I think we both like the under in this one as well not strong enough to play it simply because a couple of these games with UConn have been you know a little bit higher scoring you know UConn but Villanova a little bit similar style, a little higher scoring uh, St. Mary's has played some games against a team like Gonzaga. It's a little more higher scoring. Obviously, Gonzaga plays at a faster pace, but some of those games are a little bit more over as well. It, it's just it's just a low number, 128 and a half, but the model is 123. So I do think under would be the direction I would look. I would not be playing the over in this one. We got a pretty easy under with St. Mary's in the first round. It's just UConn's been scoring pretty well as of late. And UConn's not going to be you know, necessarily pushing the pace, but you do wonder how much UConn's going to try to get St. Mary's out of that slowdown game. And so the more they do that, the more they score, the more maybe St. Mary's is chased. So again, I do think under's the right side, but it's 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 a little bit less. I like it a little bit less than just taking UConn at minus 164. Model says they should be minus 165 when 62% of the time. And again, I just love this UConn team. I just think they're going to be really hard to stop. It's really that simple. Um, on, on average, model says they went by 3.7, so you could lay 3.5. If I was going to lay the points, so I'd rather hold off for 3 personally. I just don't love laying 3.5 in, in football or basketball, either one. It's just not not my favorite thing to do. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, these, these teams are mirror images of each other, and it's Connecticut is the right one, and St. Mary's is just like a, a very a very good invitation, but just not, not there yet. They don't have the talent. Um, UConn is... Very, very physical, very, very good defense. As Sugongo is just an incredible big guy to have. He just cleans yeah. up everything. Um, and 
you can't really. He's so strong, people just fall off of him. Even when he's fouled, he's able to finish it through. And decent, decent shooter too. He's stepped out and hit a few threes, I think, this year, but yeah. not so poor in this game. But I mean, at the, so you can't foul him to get stopping from scoring because then he's strong enough. It turns into an and one. Like I, I've got this opinion, and you know, take it how you want it. Uh, the West Coast Conference that Gonzaga and St. Mary's are in hurts them a lot because not because like they play week or whatever it's they never have to get up for two games in a row like within a couple of days of each other it is like towards the end of the season they're used to you play san francisco and then a couple cupcakes then you play gonzaga and if you like you got some break in there getting up twice in a row was really tough and that's where those conferences hurt so much, I believe. And, and and their their saving grace was in years that BYU is better. There's a third team. Now BYU is going to the Big 12 and ain't going to get any better because now you've taken away a, a team that potentially could be a back-to-back tough spot. And now that's gone with them leaving the conference. Yeah, and so it's just it's tough to do that when you, when you haven't done that since November when you're playing some non-conference. And I, th- I think – UConn's going to be experienced, got a great coach, got more talent, got more bodies to throw at it. it it's just, everything leads UConn here. Um, this price, I thought, should have been a lot higher. And and we'll talk about Gonzaga later, but I think it's interesting you mentioned about the back-to-back games. Uh, Gonzaga basically had their game against San Francisco in the first round, and now they get to get up, so at least it works out better for them. Where St. Mary's had to get up, like you said, for both games, uh, two, two tough opponents, whereas Gonzaga had their game. They, this was like an, this actually played out like normal for Gonzaga in the first weekend because the first game was against – might affect Gonzaga next week, so something to keep in mind for next week and having them having two tough games. But, of course, Gonzaga uh, being seated well enough that they only had to have one you know, help, helps them out because that Grand Canyon team was just – they, credit to Greg Katie for hanging around as long as they did, but they were clearly overmatched. You could see it. They just were not going to be able to score and keep up with Gonzaga. That's just the, the bottom line. That Their defense wasn't going to get enough stops, and they, they couldn't just keep pace. It was that simple. 7.10 p.m. Eastern. Creighton and Baylor. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we got Creighton here as an A-grade play. Model says Creighton should win this by 3.7 and wins this 63% of the time with the current price should be Creighton minus 167. So anything better than minus 138 is an A-grade. Probably whenever you're shopping, wherever you're shopping, it's an A-grade. Shop around, get the best price. Always get the best price, especially with these money lines. You can you can do well just by getting better prices. But uh, yeah, it, it's an easy A-grade pick for me here. Uh, as a Baylor fan, I, I'm just not. I'm just not sold on this Baylor team at this point. They played so well at the middle of the season. They peaked at the wrong time. Injuries got them. I'm still not convinced Keontae George is 100. Langston Love, uh, you know, Baylor's probably second best player. Uh, played five minutes in the first round, and a game that was basically tied at the half. And uh, you know, so you got to worry about his his eye still not great and. Maybe it'll be a little bit better here. I'd be a little more optimistic if Baylor gets past this about next week. If they get past Creighton here next week, maybe a little more, you know, four more days of rest helps. But uh, Baylor's just banged up right now. And that's the bottom line. Creighton does have an injury to their sixth man, but they really only go five deep. So, Jake, you'll talk about the depth a little bit. But their top five are still around. This Creighton team is still really good. I've got them 12th in the country. With the interest, I got Baylor 28th. Uh, and he, they talked about it on the broadcast. If you watch that Baylor game, how about Baylor's defense just isn't that good. I've got them ranked 113th in the country. I mean, it's just not a good defense. They do force some turnovers, and that helps alleviate the problems. But they're just not a great defense. And when they – were fully healthy, are fully healthy. They score at such an incredible rate. They're basically at Gonzaga. You know, they score at such an incredible rate that 
the, the, the lack of defense doesn't really matter. They just got to get a few turnovers. They can do that. They score so much. But when they're not completely clicking like they are right now, I just think it's going to be a tough time for them. So as much as I hate to say this, I think Creighton minus 105 is a, is a brilliant player, a great play for me on them. Totals 146. Models is 145.4. Told his price pretty well. I just, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I, I don't think I don't think Baylor can win this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to bet against Drew. Like, yeah. And, but, and you know, this is the game they were looking for. Like, the, all the scouting game planning really went through, not, not the, their first round matchup. But the Gauchos. It's great name. A great nickname. <laughs> it is. I love it. Uh, their defense, Baylor's defense is yeah. just going to come back and eat them here because you've got a very, very talented offensive team at Creighton, um, and who also plays really good defense. It's just. Yeah, both offenses are good. The difference is that Creighton also has a defense, and Baylor doesn't. Yeah. One of the most and it, Baylor's full full strength. You say both the offenses are good, but Baylor's offense is incredibly good. It's better, whatever. But if like right now, I'm not convinced Baylor's offense is really better than Creighton's, and but I know the Creighton's defense is better. So yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I'll stop yeah but <laughs> I get it. I mean, I complain about my teams too. We but uh, we've got the most telling stat there that Baylor has is their assist to field goal made <laughs> assist to field goal made ratio on their defense ranks. Three three hundred forty nine. They're they're giving up. It's just an outrageous. I mean, they're de- that means they're just falling asleep on defense at times. And whoever's not guarding the ball isn't paying attention, finding an open shot, or they're getting beat off the dribble. Somebody's forced to help, and there's no rotation. It's just the defense is just getting absolutely worked. And Creighton will take advantage of that. I mean, you would like they don't have depth. This injury hurts them in that middle guard forward standpoint because. They just don't have a lot of height on the bench. Besides, they've got a backup center. They've got a couple backup guards. They just don't have anybody in that middle range besides this Miller guy. And not that he played much anyway. They're, they're like depth matters when you're playing a team that's also got depth because they'll just keep throwing bodies at you and can make you do things. But these Baylor's beat up. Creighton's used to it. They've got five guys that play like 30 minutes a game. It feels like 30, 35 minutes a game. And yeah. I just, I, it's going to be tough for. Uh, Baylor to pull this off, so I think you're getting incredible value on Creighton. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> PM Eastern, Miami and Indiana. Uh, Miami again. Uh, you know, lucky to be here for sure. But uh, I'm going to back them here. You know, just because you got lucky to be here doesn't mean you won't win the next one, right? I don't think that bears any factor. And, and and I think everyone knows that Miami shouldn't have won that game. Uh, and I think we're getting some value on Miami because of that. I, I think this Miami team is good. I said it the whole time. I thought Miami was good. Uh, Omir now having a, an extra game, it didn't look great for sure. And the, and the injury effects, you could tell uh, he you know, missed, what, I mean, shot like a two for 10 or something. I mean, whatever it was, was bad. And, uh, you know, definitely didn't look good. It was not the, the force it needed to be. But hopefully now that you tend to see with how, about how much time he missed, second game back, he should be pretty close to 100%, maybe not quite, pretty close. A whole lot more like himself. That's going to matter a lot for Miami. I like this Miami team. I just thought it was a bad spot. The strike team was playing really well. I think that played out right. It just didn't get the end result we wanted. But I still think this Miami team is good. Indiana, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, we, you know, that was the fear with with them in Kent State was that he would just be too much for them to handle. And they looked great. And, again, I think we're kind of going against a team that looked great. And that's generally the way you want to play these things. Always going – you know, if, if you just in general go against a team that looked great and back a team that didn't look good, as long as there's no reason why that should repeat, then – you know, you're going to do well in the long run. I think that Miami is pretty good value here at plus 110. It's a B-plus grade pick, almost to an A grade. Model wants plus 114 for an A grade, so if you can find a plus 115, it's even better. 
But I, I think Miami should be the slight favorite here. Model says they went 51% of the time by an average of 0.8 points. Um, you know, their defense is the weakest unit on the court, but their offense is the best unit on the court. Indiana's pretty solidly balanced, but this Miami offense is just really good. And again, the fact that Omir's got that game under his legs, now going back, a day to recover now, then hopefully, you know, full strength. They didn't, they didn't, um, you know, thankfully for a Miami fan, they didn't need much from because they still got the job done, but they're going to need something from them here against Indiana. But I think, I think they can, they can do the job here. Um, totals 146 and a half models is 148.7. The model has been really spot on with both these teams totals here at the last month or so. So the model would lean over. I don't think it's a bad play again. I'd be more comfortable playing it over on the second day of the weekend here, Saturday, Sunday, than the first day on the Thursday, Friday. So if you were going to play a total here, over probably makes sense, but Miami again, almost an A grade pick. I think it's a pretty coin toss game uh, from a mathematical standpoint, but I really like this Miami team. I think we're getting some good value on them. Um, like I said, just because they shouldn't have beat won the first game doesn't have any bearing on this one because I think they're still a slightly better team than Indiana is. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like Drake was a great defensive squad. Um, they played yeah. a very high level defense and made everybody work for everything. Like I think it was deep into the second half, maybe first half, maybe even into the second half before Isaiah Wong scored. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, it, he, he really it took him it took him for I don't remember exactly either because I had a lot going on but I do remember the announcers kept talking about how long it had been since he had scored um they, they Drake did a really good job of uh defending as many of the guards as you can in Miami right you can't defend them all yeah. but they did a good job defending him at least yeah it, I mean Omir didn't look great but that helped. I mean I know at one point there was uh, Miami had like 10 points and had made one field goal like yeah it was yeah. They were having to work extremely hard, and that's the recipe to beat this Miami team is a defensive standpoint. Um, you have to do that, and I use defense as really kind of fall off since conference play started, and it's just – I don't think they've got it here. Omir is a great counter to uh, TJD. He's going to be able to follow him everywhere on the court. I know Trace Jackson Davis has the height advantage, and – I'm not saying Omir completely stops him, but he makes him work a lot harder than a big guy that's not mobile because um, he can't just take him out and drive past him. Uh, so I think the lack of guard depth, like good guard depth that IU has, and sometimes where they forget Trace Jackson exists, is going to come back to bite him. Larry Negat is a great coach, yep. and he'll have this team going. I think this pace and everything is going to really lean towards Miami's way. Yeah, and and Omir did do did get fourteen rebounds, so again he was getting that, and that's the injury is not going to affect you on the rebounding as much as it's going to affect the shooting. And I think I think he went two of nine from the floor, got all his points on free throws. Uh, you know, you hope that uh, with the game under his legs now, he, maybe he goes four of nine, gets an extra couple buckets, uh, still hits his free throws, still gets those rebounds, and can, and can do his part. And uh, at that point, it, he just opened up the guards to do their thing. Uh, I think I think Drake kind of was able to stop worrying about him a little bit from the offensive standpoint there in the second half, which helped him. Hopefully that day off now, Indi- uh, Indiana's got to really worry about him, and that really just frees up those Miami guards to to, to do their thing, and, and they're they're something to behold. So uh, Miami uh, plus one ten, just fantastic value uh, in my opinion. Late game here, nine forty p.m. Eastern, TCU at Gonzaga. We are not going to cover uh, FAU. Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, FAU is going to win. Um, model has them favored by nineteen. So. I don't. I, I would like the points if it was me. I, I, I think uh, my, my quick analysis is FDU was a team that Purdue did not know what was coming. They don't play anything like any other Big Ten teams. Purdue's got their own issues. Purdue's got their own coaching issues. Um, 
FAU got a great coach and FAU plays weird teams in their conference that do weird gimmicky things. So I think FAU will have no problem with them. So I don't think it's worth talking about really. I think FAU wins handily. We'll talk about more about FAU next week. I think um, as fun as FDU is, um, you're probably hearing a lot about them. So we're going to focus here. Let's skip that one and focus on the uh, TCU Gonzaga game here. Uh, I love the, I love the Zags minus 194. Talked about it earlier, right? They didn't have to really get up for Grand Canyon. They kind of coast a little warm up game. TCU um, just not the same team without Lampkin. We talked about this in the bracket preview that Lampkin is the guy they needed to win this game with Lampkin in this is a coin toss type game uh I, I lean slightly to the Zags but it's really TCU's got a great shot they've got that inside outside thing working and he could really mess with Timmy but without him I think TCU's good I don't think they're great I've got him ranked 40th he really matters to that offense and he really matters uh to the interior defense I mean he's such a great player obviously Miles looked you know Went down with a little bit of an injury there. Hopefully he's fine. He came back and played, so he's probably fine. But you just never know about that since he's been injured half the year too. This Gonzaga team is just peaking at the right time. Uh, I'm not sure they can win the title necessarily, but I've got them ranked fourth in the country at this point. Their offense is just playing really well. They look better and better by the game, as bad as they look for the first half of the season. I don't want any part of this Gonzaga team Right now, model says they should win by eight on average. If they win this 78% of the time, the correct price should be Gonzaga minus 365. So anything better than 284 is an I love Gonzaga at this price. TCU is a trendy pick. They're a fun pick, but they're just not the same team without Lampkin. And I don't know why people aren't realizing this. The Zags, I think, are a great investment. Totals 156.5. Models is 153. Gonzaga's been flying over the total, but they didn't get over against Grand Canyon. They got slightly over the model projection, but still under the total. It hung right around that ballpark. Um, I would still lean under here because the model tells us under and it worked against Grand Canyon, but it's not a play I'd really be fun. I'd really enjoy making because that Gonzaga offense can score really fast. I think it's going to be interesting. TCU's been in about, I've got them 53rd in pace. Is TCU going to really try to grind this game out and slow it down? If they really do, then I think under makes a lot of sense. If they try to play fast, I think the over is more likely to hit. And I see no way that they can keep up with Gonzaga. So I don't see why they, they're just, I, I think it's a terrible matchup. I guess what I'm trying to say the TCU wants to play a little faster and that's not going to work in this game. I think what's going to work better is grinding it out, slowing it down, but that's not really what they do, especially without the big guy. I don't know what TCU is going to do. I don't know how they're going to win this game. Minus 194 is a really cheap price and great value on this. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, this is a terrible matchup for uh, Lampkin with TCU. Like, this is just terrible because they have to do everything they don't want to do. And they don't really have the players to do that now. And, like, you don't want to run with this Gonzaga team because where you no. take advantage of them is their, gar- is their guards. And, uh, like, that's not going to help, especially with uh, Miles being maybe hobbled, maybe not. I don't know. He came back and play. Who knows? Like, because injuries stiffen up over a day if he doesn't keep yeah, it loose, yeah. right? And it's just going to be absolutely and and, and how many times have we seen a guy like that come back from the injury that game? Adrenaline, you know, that sort of thing, and you're feeling it, and you play through it, and then the next day it feels so. It's not even about loose. It's just you sleep, and you wake up the next morning. It feels. We don't know at this point. With the recording, maybe closer to game time, you have a better idea about his status. But yeah, it's, it's at this point, it's it's questionable. It's it's hopeful for them, but I mean, you, you never know. That, that could make it a lot worse. Yeah, it, it's gonna. I just think this is a terrible timing for what should have been a great matchup with Lampkin, yeah. and just like I mean, TCU, they don't. They, 
the three ball is not is nothing they can do. They just they're terrible shooting. They don't shoot a lot of them. So I I don't know where they're going to take advantage of this whole like it's going to be a like on Jamie Dixon to figure something out here, and I'm not sure you can do that in a day against a team that's as skilled and as talented as this Gonzaga team. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, all right. Well, that's all the games that we've got for you then today. Jake, any parting words for the year? Yeah, look, we got, I mean, the <laughs> record challenge there. It uh, got some carnage going on, but, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to see how this will all play out. I think we've got Tennis Pirate and Primetime 49 at the top here. There you go. Uh, great names. Uh, <laughs> we've, uh, you know, this these games cover Sunday games. Uh, we'll do some NIT Next week, we'll cover the next week's stuff. So t- next week's a little TBD, but we will at least cover the NIT, maybe some of the CBI, depending. The problem with the CBI is back-to-back-to-back day, so it's real quick turnaround to some of this stuff. So maybe some CBI coverage. If not, we for sure will have CBI picks though, over there on Patreon. Again, we'll talk NIT and all the rest of the tournament games here on the show. But the benefits join that Patreon. You get the show faster. You get the picks faster. You get the projections faster. You get everything faster, able to jump on better price lines and, and kind of, uh, you know, a, map out your assault of how you're going to attack the game. So uh, a lot of benefits over there. And again, baseball right around the corner. I think we're 12 days now from opening day for baseball. So um, yeah, it's, it's right upon us. So again, a lot of benefits we'll have over there. Baseball season won't be able to cover every single game on show this year because of life changes. So we'll cover some of the games on show. The rest of the games will be Patreon picks. So uh, a lot of benefits being over there on that Patreon now and later. Otherwise, so thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe. So you can show all the sports betting content around this channel. It's up right into your feed. Again, back again next week to wrap up more college basketball before we head into baseball the following week. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.